Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, Ken, did you know that gold is the only currency that's held its value since the dawn of money? Well, I did. Thanks to our friends at Legacy Precious Metals, the most trusted name in gold investing. Investing in gold protects you against inflation and gives you a hedge against stock market volatility. Don't leave your retirement to chance. Call Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or download your free investor's guide now at buylegacygold.com. That's buylegacygold.com. Well, my ballot's in the mail. I just got my email this afternoon. My, oh, you're one of those. It's in the mail. You're my. one of those. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're misinterpreting. What? It's being sent to me. I don't have it yet. Oh. I have not... I have not sent it in yet. Uh, Most people don't have it. They're just starting to do this. They send you that, you know, that ballot tracks thing. You got that oh, too. I, 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 th- I thought you mailed it in, but it's being mailed to you right now. Yeah, I don't have it yet. Correct. Oh, right. But they're telling me it's in the mail to come to me very soon. If I don't get it within seven days, you're supposed to let somebody know. Blah, mm. blah, blah. Right. Uh, in one hour, we got a few things to do to talk about with the gas prices. We'll also bring on the Moist Line people. And we'll also throw a hack in the dumpster. John Cobelt is leading the way today. This is very personal to him. Okay. Yeah. So that'll come up. We'll, we'll tell you about it. We're going to talk now with Sam Quinones. Uh, he wrote a piece for Los Angeles Magazine. It is uh, comprehensive about uh, why we have so much homelessness in Los Angeles, not only the history of it, how we got here, but how deep and widespread the problem is, and why it is extremely depressing and dispiriting. Uh, there are parts of it that it's hard to believe that all this has actually happened. Yeah, he uh, makes the case that L.A.'s homelessness crisis response is actually spread across the country. You see the same response adapted in many other parts of Southern California and even in other states, and it is a horrible response. He spent a lot of time talking to a woman by the name of Estella Lopez, who works for what they call a business improvement district, which encompasses Skid Row. And that's got to be quite the job. But uh, I'll read you one paragraph before we talk to Sam. In Lopez's view, what created today's Skid Row includes municipal abandonment combined with methamphetamine. 
the abdication of drug addiction and mental illness treatment, misguided charity, and the city's settlement of court cases that in practice now limit enforcement of laws covering drug sales, street habitation, pimping, and assaults. In recent years, Skid Row homelessness marked by meth abuse and tents has spread across Southern California and many parts of the U.S. By 2018, 10 cities emerged in Mid-Wilshire, Santa Monica, Highland Park, South Central, and along freeways. A strip of tents on Venice Beach has actually become known to locals as, I've never heard this one, John, Bethlehem. Bethlehem. That's yeah, cute. instead of Bethlehem, it's Bethlehem. All right, let's get Sam Cunones on. Sam, welcome. How are you? Very well. Thank you for having me on your show. This is an astonishing article that you wrote here. I, I, Great. I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't imagine how much work you put into this, how much you've seen with your own eyes. Um, there's so many different things we want to ask you. Sure. Why, why is it, uh, you've made it clear that a huge component of this is the meth and the mental yeah. illness. Why is everyone so resistant to addressing it? Why are they so afraid of the blowback from these homeless advocates who only want housing? Why, why are they so afraid of them? It's clear it's, to... It's, yeah, go ahead. Well, I, I think it's, it's in part because um, a lot of folks are afraid of, of stigmatizing the homeless as drug abusers and so on, that, meaning that, that if people come to view them as that, they may then um, shy away from uh, various attempts to and, and approaches, strategies to... To help them, uh, my feeling is that um, that we need to uh, address the problem as it really is. Um, the housing costs are certainly part of why people end up homeless and why people have difficulty coming out of homelessness. But there's many, many others, and certainly drug addiction is is a big one. And certainly this methamphetamine that's coming out of Mexico in the last ten years uh, that that my my book, the the least of us, which is the the book that really broke this story. Um, talks about how the method, the way they're making meth down there uh, in the last 10 years really has created a methamphetamine that is very quickly creates um, symptoms of schizophrenia, paranoia, delusions, uh, you know, this kind of thing, and very quickly leads to kind of inability to guide one's life and very quickly then uh, very often leads to homelessness, even though when it doesn't lead to homelessness, it, if, if you end up homeless for another reason, say an operation you can't afford, say aging out of foster care, um, many domestic violence, all that, it's so prevalent now. The quantities of meth coming out of Mexico are staggering, and that, that very quickly, once you're on the street, meth is almost a way of allowing you to fend for yourself on, on while you're on the street, and very quickly then you you fall into kind of a, 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 a again the mess psychosis that makes it very difficult to get out of homelessness but the reason people i believe are reluctant to talk about this issue is because they feel that if you if you if you talk about home uh, uh, drug addiction and mental slash mental illness as a as a part of the of uh, of the the, the 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 reasons for and the reasons why people are homeless uh, and stay homeless, that you will be stigmatizing them and that people will be less willing to help them, this kind of thing. I think that's probably not true, but certainly even if it is, it, 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 we need to address this as it really is but, and not as we kind of wish it were. That, I mean, that just doesn't seem rational to me. 
they're out there. Their brains are fried by this meth. It is producing schizophrenic-like symptoms. It's clear that's what's occurring. Everybody sees it almost every day. Uh, right. you, you have you have to treat this 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 horrible well, condition. This these is people you are. need. You need sort of conservatorship. You need to be able to take these people in for treatment because clearly they don't have the wherewithal to seek it. They're just so they're just so strung out. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's some of the you know the the synthetic drugs that are coming out of Mexico, as the saying on the street goes, um, the, the, they change everything. And um, one of the things they do change is is whether or not people are actually able to make rational decisions in a tent encampment where they're living in, in uh, where they're, they're maybe freezing to death. Certainly in some parts of the country, there's a very common um, uh, losing, losing digits to frostbite, where they're being pimped out, beaten, um, living without sanitation, et cetera, et cetera. And you find people still saying, no, I don't want to leave or no, I'm fine here. And, 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 and a lot of this has to do with the, with the prevalence, the enormous prevalence and, and, and supply of, of the two synthetic drugs that really typify our synthetic drug era, which we are fully in right now, um, which are fentanyl and, 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 meth- and methamphetamine. And, and it does call into question whether people actually have the ability to make a rational decision. Uh, I, I was in Southern Indiana re- recently and uh, or a few several months ago, and I'm uh, talking with a woman there who is whose whose daughter literally froze to death rather than leave the tent encampment. Uh, she had a five year old at home. Her mother was raising the five year old. She would beg her daughter to come le- leave the cold. This was in January, and um, the girl wouldn't do it. And, fi- and uh, two weeks later, the mother got a call that she had frozen to death. This kind of thing is really calls into question whether or not we need. Um, what like issues of, of of commitment? You know how how can we commit people who are are really not functioning for themselves, are a danger certainly to themselves and quite possibly to to others at times. Hi, right, can you hang on, Sam? Sure. All right, this is Sam Canonis, a writer for LA Magazine, who wrote quite a story you have to read about LA Skid Row and how the uh, <clears throat> the way it's been addressed by LA politicians and activists has made it spread to other parts of Southern California, other parts of the country. Here's another great paragraph. The loudest narrative on homelessness comes from far-left activists, that homelessness is caused by high housing prices, and the only solution is is affordable permanent housing. Until enough of that is built, people should be allowed to occupy sidewalks. Those with other ideas have been cowed into silence. I think that sums up perfectly the problem. That's what we've seen for too many years now. We'll talk more. This is at L.A. Magazine, LAMag.com. We're talking with Sam Quinones, a writer for Los Angeles Magazine. You go to LAMag.com, and there's a long article. Fascinating. But it's a good read. Skid Row <laughs> Nation, how L.A.'s homelessness crisis response has spread across the country. So it's, it's a great read. It's very detailed on... On how we on how we and got it's here. It's one you just don't see often enough. You've talked about Michael Schellenberger. He yeah. writes from the same perspective, but it's rare that you find this. And the paragraph I just read is that the activists they control the argument most of the time. They yeah. shout the loudest, and the politicians tend to bend their way, and their solutions are horrible. Uh, yeah. This idea of housing first, when you really, in many cases, especially with Skid Row and other parts of the city. You have a, a real like drug problem with meth just out of control. Let's get Sam back on here. Following up on the paragraph Ken read, here's another line that you wrote. 
Activists have picketed the homes of elected officials, screaming obscenities through bullhorns, egging the houses of some. Homeless activists twice shouted down the city council over the summer as they were prohibiting tent encampments within 500 feet of schools and daycare centers. Yet they had to get police in riot helmets. These protesters were vaulting over barriers. What explains the vicious anger of these activists? It's, I, I don't understand why they're this enraged and they get yes, violent. And I'm not sure I'm actually the guy to explain it to you. I have to tell you, I don't, I'm not, I, I'm not, I mean, in some cases, I suspect it's, it's youth, you know, and, 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 and youth is prone to uh, rebellion and, and, and this kind of thing. Um, but honestly, it, I, I, all I'm, I'm trying to describe what I see. I went to one of those, I went to the first of those council meetings, and um, and uh, it was remarkable. And then the second one was even more remarkable, shall we say? And I, I, but I, you know, exactly. I, I think it gets beyond wanting compassion. There seems to be at times uh, people who are kind of wanting to show how radical they are, want re- rebellious they are. But uh, truthfully, I think you'd have to, you'd have to, I haven't really interviewed any of them. And so I, I, I really don't, I can't answer your question very intelligently, I'm afraid. Well, Sam, let's talk about this part of what you wrote. Permanent, supportive housing. And it's become the mantra yeah. in the last couple of years. This idea is no good anymore about shelters. They, the, the, the activists and a lot of the politicians don't like that. They want permanent, supportive housing. Uh, talk about yeah. what you wrote concerning, you know, what that in reality is. Well, permanent supportive housing is the idea that you would give people housing, build people ho- uh, housing for people that would also include a variety of services, uh, job counseling, um, addiction treatment, um, variety of things like that. Um, and the truth is, as many people I spoke to said, that's not a bad idea if it comes after a continuum of other forms of housing that lead you out of the street and, and are more like more controlled. But, but the problem with permanent supportive housing as it works now, it seems is that people are taken from the street directly to this kind of housing and this kind of housing, then they're allowed to use drugs. There's no, there's no stabilization of these folks beforehand. So there needs to be a couple of stages, maybe at three or so, but even um, before, in, in the minds of people I talk to, before you get to permanent supportive housing, you just can't put someone from a tent and put them into permanent supportive housing and expect that on, on the whole, that will lead to a successful um, recovery from drug addiction or uh, problems with mental illness. You need stages. And so they're just, but the problem is the idea is people don't like the idea of you put pe- putting people in, 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 in housing that may be uh, controlled, where they, their, their actions may be controlled. Is there any uh, way to get past what people like or don't like or what they believe, especially when it comes from these crazy activist groups? Because what they are promoting is unrealistic in some cases, simply doesn't work. I mean, when are we going to get past everybody's feelings and look at what's exactly happening in the world? Because unless we get there. That's a great question. Again, I don't think as as a reporter, I'm the guy to answer it for you. That's uh, I think uh, um, uh, uh, that. Yeah, I would basically leave it at that. I'm I'm, 
you know, I'm trying to report the story as I see it, where, where this all leads, where it ends, where, how it will be resolved, that kind of thing. Um, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll report on it when and when, when, when yeah. we get there. I but, mean, you, you quote the city controller Ron Galperin's report that less than 1,200 yeah. units have been produced in five years. Estimated costs for several projects exceed $700,000 per unit. They haven't, they've hardly built any transitional housing. To get them detoxed. That's get, the problem. I think it. that, friend, a lot of minds of people, the problem is, is really what you just said, that there's no transitional housing. There's no taking people from the street and getting them into a, a more controlled environment where they are away from dope, where they are able to kind of stabilize. And then that, that kind of tra- transitional housing can take several forms. And then eventually, at the end of all that, a permanent supportive housing option may be a very, very effective Way, but it doesn't seem to be to work well if you're just taking a person right out of the tent and putting them right into a permanent supportive housing, where in fact um, there is no no um, rule about whether or not they can use drugs. And so many, oftentimes, people end up using using drugs while they're in this permanent supportive housing. You know, it, it just seems like the, the the city government is completely collapsed. That they just aren't capable of doing any of this. We, you can write eloquently, and you have about the ideal, but they can't do anything that seems to be useful. It's 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 an interesting. I'm not sure I answer that. It's an it's an interesting um, stalemate. It seems uh, has has affected uh, city hall where. Uh, a lot of politicians are very afraid of the ire of activists, um, mainly because they're full timers. They don't stop. They're always, you know, they're not they don't have another job, essentially. And, and number two, it seems to me that that uh, on the other side, there's a lot of people who look at look at our tent encampments, look at what's happening in our, you know, along the freeways or in Mon Venice Beach or everywhere. We see it all over and wonder how on earth this is OK, how on earth this is a proper so we, a result. You, this you, is a result that we want, and and I think a lot of people uh, are beginning to really see this is. I can be a com- very compassionate person, but I don't see how, in the minds of a lot of people, I don't see how what I'm seeing on the street uh, equals compassion. Yeah, yeah and so by the way, we're running out of time, Sam. You wrote another good part here because I know this is part of your research about the drugs and particularly meth. And you talk here about how in 2013, the traffickers in Mexico mastered something called P2P, which allowed them to make far more of the drug and make it even more potent. And the price really dropped. And this had a big effect on places like Skid Row. Yeah. P2P is is an ingredient in one way of making methamphetamine. That's a fairly old method. They didn't need to use it because they had another ingredient for another method. It was far easier for a long time. But now... The Mexican government put the kibosh on that, on that ingredient, and so they switched to this method of making methamphetamine that, re- that requires this ingredient called P2P. The one benefit, really, to them of, of this is that if you have the chemicals, you can, you can make P2P yourself. You don't need the, any, any, uh, the, the, the chem- actual chemical, and you can make it in such enormous quantities that you can then just dwarf any, any production that you used to make with the other methods, with the other method, you can make it with P2P. And what you're, so what you're finding is the supplies out of Mexico 
since 2009, but really since about 2012-13 when there was a widespread mastery of this method have spread in quantities that are just staggering all across the country where, where Mexican methamphetamine never used to reach, say, uh, before 2013. You've, you're seeing it in Kentucky. You're seeing it in Vermont. You're seeing it in various places all across the country. But one of the first places it landed in a huge way was Skid Row, L.A. in about 2013. By 2015, people on the streets there, um, cops and so on, tell me that by 2015, it had actually replaced crack as the dominant drug on Skid Row, which crack had been in, in charge kind of, of of Skid Row for 30 years at that point. And now it's really a secondary importance. Meth is the thing because the supplies out of Mexico are so just <laughs> staggering. There's so much of it. And, and that's why on the street, very often, it is almost free. And the problem is, of course, it, it, it creates these symptoms of, as I was saying, of, of, uh, of, of schizophrenia. schizophrenia. And right. it's doing so wherever, it, wherever this meth reached, as it reached across the country, whenever it reached, say, into Kentucky or into West Virginia or what have you, you found it created homelessness. And it also created this rapid onset symptoms of schizophrenia, basically meth-induced psychosis. All right, Sam, we got to go, but we thank you so much for talking to us. LAMag.com is where you can find Sam Canona's story, Skid Row Nation, how L.A.'s homelessness crisis response spread across the country. Thanks for talking to us. My pleasure, guys. Thank you. Now we turn to Joe Biden. Joe Biden made a speech today on the economy. We're going to play you a very short clip. See if you can figure out what's wrong. Let me start off with two words. Made in America. Made in America. Not a joke. That's not hyperbole. I'm not joking about that, as you know. You know, he said that like twice in a day. We'll give you the other quote. Not a joke. He loves to say not a joke. Uh, Did you pick out what was wrong, John? No. Um, Okay, let's then play it again. Let me start off with two words. (laughs) Oh, I got it. Made in America. (laughs) <laughs> no, that'd be free. Made in America. I got it now. And that's not hyperbole. I'm not joking about that, as you I know. I think that was on the teleprompter? Somebody miswrote it? <laughs> or did he just off the top of his head? Two words. Made in America. Uh, well. Well, maybe he combined made in. Made in. Made, made in America. Made in. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, he also said the same thing, and this got walked back. I know you hate that phrase. Yeah. By the White House press secretary today, this is really making the rounds. He said that Russian President Vladimir Putin is not joking. See, there it is again. When he talks about the potential use of tactical nuclear weapons or biological or chemical weapons, because his military is, you might say, significantly underperforming. We haven't faced the prospect of Armageddon like this since Kennedy and the Cuban Missile Crisis. Clearly, this became a big story overnight. So, well, you know, what's weird is the Cuban Missile Crisis, which was from 1962, and that's when the Russians put missiles in Cuba, which is 90 miles from Florida, and... Were they nuclear? I don't think they were, were they? Uh, well, we didn't know. <laughs> I, I, I mean, the way this is written, it suggests that it was. Yeah. Or maybe we didn't. I, I, you know, I I have, I'd have to look it up. But the thing is that that was, was a really dramatic episode in American history, in fact, they, they made uh, like television shows and movies out of it, and there were many documentaries because it was a test of John Kennedy when he was very young and inexperienced 
against uh, Nikita Khrushchev, who was, who was old and cold and ruthless. And everybody was scared that Kennedy wouldn't make the right decisions, wouldn't be able to stand up to Khrushchev, and he would end up destroying America. And it was a real standoff. And that, that, was, that was extreme tension. That really was the world on the brink of maybe ending. For him yes. to say right now is just like the 62 crisis, it doesn't feel that way. It's not being covered that way. It, 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 in fact, the first thing is, did he really mean that? And, and the White House officials are going, no, 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 he didn't really mean that. No, no. And if he didn't mean it, because he's senile, which is what I think is happening, uh, then you realize we got a president who's announcing Armageddon just casually, randomly, <laughs> without any real provocation. It's it's the 62 uh, Cuban mi- Missile Crisis again. That's that, why that, the White that, House spokeshole said today, we have not seen any reason to adjust our own strategic nuclear posture, nor do we have indications that Russia is preparing to imminently use nuclear weapons. Thank you very right. much. That's the opposite of what the president said. Now, the press secretary is just a hired hack. So she's saying that we're... Yeah, he we're, created another fire, though, well, that they wanted to put out. Oh, oh well, th- this, is not, this is not a good thing to have a president announcing that we're on the on the verge of uh, nuclear Armageddon. The end of the world as we know it, yes. <laughs> Somebody's got to put him in a net and take him away. <laughs> what, what if he wanders out and, and declares war against Russia or announces we are going to fire nuclear weapons? Maybe in his fevered, in the fevered remnants of his brain, he thinks we are at the verge of nuclear war. Maybe I, I, he must have believed what he said, right? And another fire that the president's trying to put out is the border. So we have some audio from a Democratic U.S. Senator, Mark Kelly, from Arizona. Arizona, like Texas, is getting overwhelmed at the border right now with migrants. He is in a fierce re-election campaign to try to hold on to his seat in Arizona. So he's having a debate with his opponent. And this is what he said about Biden and the border. I've been strong on border security, and I've stood up to Democrats when they're wrong on this issue. It sounds including, like Including, by the way, yes. including the president. You know, when the president decided he was going to do something dumb on this and change the rules, you know, that would create a bigger crisis, you know, I told him he was wrong. That's it? You just told him he was wrong? Yeah. You couldn't have been more forceful? You weren't, you weren't on the news every day explaining? What he's talking about is yes. reversing of the Trump policies. This has been going on for uh, a year and a half. This is what helped open up the border. Except quietly in a room, you go, Mr. President, you're wrong. Yeah. I and and, and I, I think his, his no, opponent. No, because right now, <laughs> Kelly Buddy didn't say anything the last year, but now he's in a tough reelection fight, and Arizona is another ground zero place. He's got to say, of course, I pointed this out. It was dumb to roll back uh, the immigration rules. All right. And that's what he did. That's what Biden did as soon as he came into office. Right, and I think his opponent in that race, uh, Blake Masters, said, well, then, you know, you must be the most ineffective senator in history. <laughs> yeah, you didn't, that's right. You didn't affect any change. You didn't get Biden to go back to some of the policies dealing right. with asylum and, and things like that. And believe me, if you had uh, a number, and it wouldn't have to be that many, of Democratic senators who were going out every day and criticizing the border and demanding and taking the news media down there, if you had a significant number... This would end. But all these Democratic candidates have their nose up Biden's butt and nobody wants to offend because, you know, he's the leader of my party. He's he is my president. And and so 
this this is what I said this the other day. What pisses me off about all these people in public life? They know better. Mark Kelly knows this is a disaster. So do most of the other Democrats outside of the whack jobs who want this to happen because they want to uh, destroy America's standing in the world because we're illegitimate, right? There's right. a group like that. But most of them who were normal know this is terrible. But you know, Eric, Eric Adams knows it's terrible in New York City. And now that the problem was dumped on him, he's starting to squawk. But if it wasn't dumped on him, he wouldn't be saying anything. We were talking in the last segment that, that Joe Biden is claiming we're on the uh, verge of Armageddon, most dangerous uh, nuclear situation since the Cuban Missile Crisis in 1962. And I checked. Yes, the Russians were caught with uh, through spy f- photography. They were building nuclear missiles that they were going to launch out of Cuba. Okay. Well, and uh, they were it would have been able to shoot them uh, to the East Coast. Because they were upset. Oh, yeah. That, well, I mean, Florida's right there, too. Everybody was worried. Yeah. We we had nuclear missiles in Turkey and Western no, Europe. I was trying to think of what the range of missiles was, you know, 60 years ago in terms of being able to shoot off from Russia to hit us. But having them in Cuba, that clearly could make it nervous because they would have the range to do that, to hit the U.S. So that's what I wondered. But Yeah. Then Kennedy made a deal, removed the Cuban missiles, and we will not invade Cuba. And he also secretly agreed to remove missiles from Turkey. I'm looking at side-by-side stories. Fox News, El Segundo Times. This is about the stabbing that occurred yesterday on the Las Vegas Strip, where two people were killed and six others were injured. The suspect, and it's not really a question, this is the killer, is Yanni Barrios. Now, the Times reports that he took a bus Thursday morning to the Wynn Hotel to inquire about a job. And he approached the showgirls and he told them he was a chef and he asked if they would take a picture with him and his knife. He thought they were laughing at him, making fun of his clothing, and then he stabbed two. And then he went on a stabbing rampage and stabbed several other people. Uh, one of the showgirls, uh, Maris uh, Digovani, died from her injuries. He uh, was, quote, letting, looking to let the anger out. And he attacked several other people and he fatally stabbed a man by the name of Brent Hallett in the back. Eight victims in total, two dead, six injured. Um, he was arrested a short time later. And then, you know, the time story goes on to talk about uh, more of the details with the showgirls. And um, they just felt uncomfortable and backed away from him. And that's why he went nuts because they're saying now he withdrew the knife. He, if you've seen his picture, too, he's a little shocking looking. Um, Barrios traveled from California two days before the attacks, went to the Strip after he was told by a friend he couldn't stay at his house. He asked a janitor at the hotel to contact immigration authorities so he could go back to Guatemala. He also told a security guard he was trying to sell knives so he could make money to go back home. Now, Fox News has made it clear that this stabbing suspect is in the country illegally. The yeah. Times kind of danced around it. Right. Yes. Contact immigration authorities. I want to go back to Guatemala. Yeah. Nobody... He's an illegal alien, and he's probably a vagrant, too, because yeah. he got kicked out of the so, house he was staying in. He had nowhere to go. He ends up in Vegas. He can't get a job. The showgirls, he thinks, are making fun of him. So he snapped, and he started stabbing people. That's that, what happened. And that's why it's so difficult. It is so difficult to do this job because you get the Los Angeles Times, and you know you're not getting the full truth, and you're not getting it presented in a clear way. The lead paragraph should be an illegal alien homeless person stabbed two people to death and injured six others. So right away, you know, 
why this happened. We ha- it happened because we have an open border. We have it because laws aren't enforced and homeless people can wander around and do what they want. And it was a random attack. It wasn't a, a, a family member. It wasn't, you know, some other domestic situation. It wasn't a, a, a robbery. It was just a lunatic allowed to wander the streets. Yeah. And we have enough of our own lunatics. We don't need them coming over the border. The, the L.A. Times won't tell us that. Now, again. Well, there's one more make, nugget. Makes it difficult. the Times completely ignored, and Fox News doesn't have the details, but says not only was he in the country illegally, he's got a criminal record in California. Like to know what that is. Yeah. I don't think they were able to obtain any details on it yet, and the Times didn't even mention that he has a criminal yeah. record in California. But he was here first. He made his way to Vegas. They either, they either didn't do the work to find out, or they did the work and want to cover it up. Because, again, they don't print truth anymore. And this this goes on in many stories all day long on their website or in every print edition, if you're still reading. Uh, oh, it, yeah. it, 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 it's all day. And it's subtle. There's some of the information there late in the story, and it's, it's in a word salad. It's in gobbledygook. It's just enough for them to say, well, no, we, we addressed that issue. I, I believe it was implied... Like, no, because he contacted a janitor and said he wants to get back to Guatemala. There you go. You see, that's his native country. That gives you the idea he might be in this country illegally. Not necessarily. But, you know, you got to You got to decode all this. Like when I'm looking at L.A. Times stories, I'm I'm going very slowly and trying to decode it. And I'm looking. You have to read the whole story because you got to find out where the real meat of it is that they're burying or they they have like a string of uh, wordy euphemisms to describe. A certain condition, or a, you know, the, the well, like this, like this immigration, this illegal alien, right? Yes. How complicated do they make it to try to figure out what's going on? Oh, we contact immigration authorities to get back to Guatemala. What are they, travel agents? <laughs> one earlier version of the story was that a security guard at one of the casinos there just told him to step in front of a train, get out of here. It's a little unfriendly. Set him off too. Yeah, yeah, a little unfriendly. Yes, but uh, <laughs> that wasn't Las Vegas hospitality there. But I think if you were the showgirls, and I wondered this yesterday, I said, I wonder why they didn't want to take a picture with them. Well, if he's holding a large knife and looking wacky, yeah, you might want to step back. Yeah. You know what? I wouldn't want a job where I have to publicly engage, engage. with random, with, with with random people in, in Las Vegas of all places, yeah, which attracts all all kinds of miscreants. All right, Johnny Kent Show, uh, KFI AM640, live everywhere in the iHeartRadio app. Deborah Mark live in the 24-hour KFI newsroom. It's never been more important to diversify your financial portfolio. Well, that's right. The S&P is down 20% from the last year, and this year looks even worse. Gold and precious metals offer a hedge against inflation and stock market volatility. And Legacy Precious Metals is the company Ken and I trust. Protect your retirement account by rolling it into a gold-backed IRA or have metals shipped directly to your door. Call our friends at Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or visit buylegacygold.com. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. 
They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.